0: what it cost him on that cross come on so let's lay off everything that's gonna hold us back let's lay it the discouragement down let's lay it the guilt down let's lay the weights down right now and let's give it all to him because he deserves our praise this morning he deserves your praise this morning he deserves your breast this morning he deserves a shout he deserves a hand clap he deserves some worship this morning God, we praise you this morning in this place, God. Jesus, we give you our best. We give you the best praise this morning, God. Come on, just start worshiping the Lord with me. Give him your best praise this morning. We glorify your name, Jesus. We lift you up, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. No one deserves it the way you do, Lord. You're the king of our our life, God. You're the king of our hearts, Jesus. We praise your name in this place, Lord. We glorify you. We glorify you, Jesus. We worship you, we worship you. Come on, a couple more seconds. Let's keep worshiping our God, because he's worthy, because he deserves it. Glory to you, God. We praise your name. We worship you, Lord. Jesus, we just want your presence. We just want your spirit, Lord. Jesus just come come on won't you come come like you promised pour out your spirit pour out your spirit won't you come come, on, tell come like you promised pour out your again, won't you? Won't you come? Yes, Lord, we want you to come like you promised. Pour out your spirit.
1: Pour out
0: your spirit. Won't you come? Come like you promised. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Come on, just raise our hand. Spirit. won't you come lord won't you come yes Lord, we want you to yes we want your presence in this meeting lord pour out your spirit god pour out your spirit one more time won't you come come like you promised
1: pour out your spirit
0: pour out your spirit won't you come Like you promised, pour Pour out out your your spirit, spirit. pour out your spirit. spirit. Come on, say you love. Jesus, we're hungry this morning for your presence, God. Jesus, if we're the only ones that are hungry, God, we're going to run after you, God. If our neighbor's not hungry, we're still hungry, God. We're still going to reach out to you this morning. Come on, let's reach out together to him. Say, God, I want you. God, I love you. Lord, I need you. I can't live without you, Lord. you God Jesus we need you we need you we need you Lord Jesus we're hungry for you God we're hungry for you Jesus we need you Lord Jesus we're hungry for you Lord we need to reach you this morning we need to touch you Lord we're not satisfied Lord we want more of you Jesus
1: In this attitude of prayer, I'm going to ask that we would get communion ready. And as we're getting communion ready, would you just think about Jesus right now and what he did for you on the cross? We don't take communion to be forgiven from our sins, but because we are forgiven. So I want you just right now to check your heart and see if God is really the Lord of everything there. Just like he's, we've been singing, come like you promised, but is your heart ready for God to come? Is your heart pure before him right now? If your heart's not ready before, or right before God, just right now, just begin to repent of your sins and make it right today. Jesus, we want you to come just like you promised. And also, Lord, we want to have our hearts right. Come on, just take these next few moments, just you and Jesus right now. Thank you, Lord. Search our hearts today, God. If you need to ask for forgiveness, it's very easy to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're in this place. You are in this place today, Father. As we prepare to receive the grape juice, we're just going to ask that you would just begin to remember that it was the blood of Jesus that was shed upon a cross for your sins and mine. I'm going to ask you to think about what Jesus went through. You've seen the movie or the pictures. That's a glimpse of what Jesus went through. And then his body, which was broken for you and I. The skin was torn apart so that we could be healed. If you need healing right now in your body, just place your hand over whatever sick part of your body that you have and just begin to say, Lord, I believe you're my healer today. Come on, let's believe God for healing of allergies, healing of cancer, healing of eyesight, healing of diabetes. Be healed in Jesus' name. Just receive it. Say, I receive it right now. I receive healing in the name of Jesus. By his stripes you were healed. By his stripes. 2,000 years ago, what you were remembering today, you were healed. Lord, I thank you now that we're going to receive this communion with pure hearts, healed in our bodies. And God, we're going to receive it with joy, remembering what you did for us on the cross. So God, bless this time of communion and the time that we have remembering you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Would you just come and just receive the communion right now? And as the band sings, just draw near to God. Come on, if you've received communion, would you stand up and let me know? And let's worship God together. Come on, just stand up together. This is not a funeral. Jesus is alive. Just worship Him to this song, to this verse. Come on, let's sing it again. At the cross, you beckon me. Come on, you draw me to my knees. Do you know what it's like to be there? To be broken in your heart and God to heal you. Lost in love. Come on, just one more time. At the cross you called me. Oh yes, you did, God. You beckon me. To my knees.
0: Lost in love, so
1: lost in love, I am. Holy surrender. If you believe that today, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. I want you to do me a favor because I've noticed that there's been a change from the first to the second. A lot of people coming out to the first, not so much in the second. I want everybody that's in these side sections to come into these two front row sections so we look like a packed house today, amen. So as they come, greet each other, welcome each other in the name of Jesus. You may be seated, and I welcome you to Metro Praise. Exciting music would be good right now. So that means, come on, guys. I mean, it's right here in the middle. Come on. I want you guys to get the feeling of a packed house. There you go. Come on, Walter give you special invitation. There you go. That's right. That wasn't weird. Okay. Amen. I just am so excited about what God is doing today because we are graduating the largest class from elders and deacons that we ever have. And uh, Michelle... I want you to keep making some noise. Michelle Harris, come on up. And Joselito Balthazar, come on up. Amen. Amen. You know, you hear us talk every week about how important it is to be a disciple and to be a part of the vision. You hear us describe it every week. And they have taken that opportunity to do it. And some of you may not know what goes into it, but we take it very serious in this church. And that means that they've gone through the 101. They got the basics of their faith. And then from there, they, you know, experience God, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism in water, if they haven't been already. And then they commit to the 201 class for a year. Now, a lot of you, you may say, I'm not ready for that. They weren't ready either in some ways, but they took a step of faith. And because of that, during that year, they memorized Scripture. During that year, they uh, answered questions on a test, and uh, they did their you know, review every week. They, they went out witnessing. They wrote a hundred-word paper so that God could place them in our lives here today. Would you both just stand in front of me right here and face me, because I want to speak to you just for a moment. The Bible talks about the importance of, of an elder and a deacon in the house of God. And the reason why it's so important is because the church is the place of God's truth. And in the time when many people have lost the high, the, um, the high view of church, I actually heard a, um, a Christian try to say this in a good way, but they said, the church is a whore, but she's our mother. And what they were trying to say is that, you know, the church is corrupt, people make mistakes, but hey, she's our mother, we can't change that. What a devil's lie. There are people in the church who may act like adulteresses and may cheat on God. There may be the great whore of Babylon, which I believe is the Catholic church that has turned from God and led many astray. But the church, no, 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 no. The church of Jesus Christ is a spotless bride. Pure and blameless, more terrifying to the enemy than an army with banners. The Bible says, and you are a part of that church. For those that want to look in their scriptures, First Timothy three tells us what deacons are going to do, and that's what they are being appointed, ordained as today as deacons. It says in First Timothy three eight through thirteen, deacons likewise are to be worthy of respect, sincere not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. Here's verse 10. You guys may have something to say about this one. They must first be tested. And if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Can I hear an amen about being tested? You guys were tested many, many, many times. And right at the end, that testing was uh, quite quite a challenge. But I know you all have done well. It says in the same way their wives or husbands must be men and women worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in all things. Where do we get the charge of deacons? Is We, ha- we have to go back to the book of Acts. In the time of the apostles when the church first started and these disciples started to grow very rapidly. Is the word rapido? Rapido. Everybody say Rapido. Amen. Rapido, the disciples were growing rapidly, and there became a problem, and they had to look for people to help. Look at Acts 6, 1 through 7. It says, In those days when the numbers of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So they were giving out food, and a group of Hebrew Jews and a group of Greek Jews started fighting against each other. Verse 2, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So the the leaders were saying, If we give up the word of God to go out there and fix this problem, it's not going to be the right thing to do. So they said in verse 3, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and of wisdom, We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to the ministry of prayer and to the word. So they said, we need to be praying. We need to be studying the word, but we need somebody else to go out and take care of these issues. And they said, will you find people to take care of this? And I look at here as the band, as other elders here, they started looking for people in this congregation, and we still are. You're going to hear the vision in just a minute for people to raise up. And by the way, when people say, you know, Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready for 101. Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready to be a leader. You know, that may sound humble. You know, I'm not ready to be a leader. But you know what? It's really the ultimate pride. Because you know what deacon means, the word deacon, dekanos in the Greek? It means servant. So really what you're saying is, I don't want to be a servant. I want everybody to serve me here. I don't want to be a servant. And be asked to be given responsibility so I can help serve in the church. No, no, no. I want somebody else to serve me. So it's not humble to not be a disciple. It's not humble to say I don't want to go through training. No, because it's actually pride. It's actually saying, no, let everybody else serve me and I will serve no one. But you too, you didn't say that. You said, I want to be a servant. Let me help in the house of God. Let me take on responsibility so that the men and women of God can pray and preach and do their work. Verse 5. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And if you read about Stephen, he gave his life for Jesus. Philip, who was a, uh, a great revivalist preacher to Samaria. What a difference deacons can make. Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius. Nicholas, these seven, they presented them to the apostles who prayed, laid their hands on them, and the word of God spread even more rapidly. I'm going to ask that our elders would come and stand behind them now as we get ready to pray for them. But I want to give you a treat today from church history. One of my favorite church fathers, who uh, Ishmael uh, gave his son the middle name, Ignatius, This is is a disciple of one of the first disciples. Ignatius writes this to the people of Ephesus, or excuse me, of Magalitis, a a city in Rome. He says this. He says, let the bishop preside in God's place. So I would be the bishop, and what the bishop here simply means is the, the senior elder. Okay, One senior elder, bishop. Everybody say bishop. Okay, that's what I would be here. So let the elder, or excuse me, let the bishop preside in God's place. And let the presbytery, the group of elders, be in the place of the apostles. And then now listen to this. He says, and let the deacons my special favorites. You see, he says, the bishop, he's awesome. The elders, they're awesome. But Ignatius says, you want to know who are are my favorites? The deacons, the servants. Because Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And that's why I wear this bracelet to always remind myself of how important it is to be a servant, to how important it is to have a good reputation in the church, to how important it is to be consistent even when others are not. And so Ignatius He says what I'm feeling today. He says, deacons, they're my favorite. May they be considered like the ministry of Jesus Christ, who came from the Father and appeared at the end of the world, his attitude, humility. Who are my favorites, congregation? My favorites are the people who work the sound when nobody else is watching. My favorites are the ones who take out the garbage when nobody else is watching so the church will be clean. Those that when I've got done preaching and I'm sitting in the back, those who run the vacuum cleaner over these cars, those are my favorites. Like Jose Lido, who comes and drives the vehicle so that those that don't have transportation can come to church. Like Michelle, coming week in and week out, serve in the back that our children can have godly leaders. (laughs) Excuse me. And on Wednesdays and Saturdays where she's volunteered. Who are my favorites? The deacons. Because a church without deacons is a church without servants. And we want to pray for you today because you've earned this. And even though the rest of them were here, first service, you know, loud, you know, Shishkumba, they're going to do their best to support you and make up for that. But I want to tell you something. God knows how much you've earned this. And I'm proud of you guys. And I just can speak to you each individually. From Michelle, the first time I heard about you, uh, somebody said to me, you're going to love her. She's a firecracker for Jesus. And then I got to meet you, and then I heard your story about where you came from, and I remember you coming a couple times, and I went up to you and I said, is this, is this what you're looking for? Because, I mean, we're looking for people like you that want to do this. And your heart from that day to this day has never changed, never been disgruntled, you've never complained, uh, you've never taken an attitude, and yet... You've been through all the ups and downs that we go through in our classes and leadership, and yet you've never complained. And yet I look at your life as the one that would have reason to be most stressful. Uh, you know, raising a child, working full-time business, having to start over again in a new city, and yet you never let stress be your countenance, never acted out of uh, hurt or rebellion, even though there was some past hurt at another church. You always came with respect and love. You set an example in your heart for worship. I think, has been like a firecracker that has set us all on fire. And then, Alito from knowing you back at Belmont days, and then when we started this church, for many years you stayed at that church, and we asked you to do so, and you were faithful there. And one day I got a phone call from him, and you said, uh, there's just not a place for me here anymore. And I said, I want you to go back, and I want you to make it right, and you went back, and there were some past hurts over there, and I remember going through that. And you went back and back until all the forgiveness was done and everything was right. I want you to note how we receive people from other churches. He went back to that church at least two or three times. Am I, am I telling the truth? Just making it right so that grace and peace was there. But then I said, Joselito, God's got a call on your life. And you said, I'm just here to help. And we found places that you could begin to serve. Your heart for evangelism ever since the day you first went out there, has never not been consistent. Any day you go out to Saturday evangelism and Hoseley does not work and he will be there. You need somebody to hand out the water bottles, the hot chocolate. He represents the heart of David that said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. We've seen a lot of big talkers come to the church and produce nothing. But your humble heart, like I like to call the chugga-chugga-choo-choo spirit, just, I'm just going to chugga-chugga for Jesus, choo-choo. I'm going to go to evangelism. Even if I don't feel like a chugga chug I'm going to vacuum the floor. Even if the pastor didn't say it nicely to vacuum, chugga-chugga. I'm going to keep helping people even if they make fun of me, chugga-chugga. Choo-choo. And you're my favorite. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. Deacons are my favorite. Because the, ba- the Bible says an unfaithful person. In times of trouble, is like a bad tooth or a lame foot. You ever go into some trouble in life and you try to call on somebody, but they're not there? It feels like you've got a bad tooth, right? You bite down, it's like, oh, man, I was counting on you so often as a church. Hey, who's going to do rides? People don't do rides, but Joselito you can count on him. It's not like, oh, the foot goes out. No, you can count on Joselito. And I say this in front of this congregation because it would be your honor, your honor to let them now begin to disciple you, for you now to begin to serve them, to begin to help them. They have earned it, and I don't give out compliments lightly. And somebody said to me one time, they said, Pastor Joe, I think you're patronizing me. And somebody goes, whoa, whoa. Somebody next to him goes, no, no. (laughs) You don't know Joe. Uh, Number one, Joe don't even know how to patronize. Uh, he don't tell you anything fake. Anything he's telling you, he means. And if he's telling you how much he love, that's how much he loves you. And my friends, I'm telling you the honest truth. We're going to pray for you today. We're going to ask God to give you special grace and favor that you can complete the task that's going to be ahead of you. There's so much exciting things to do, the growth of the life groups, evangelism, reaching out to our children, and we're going to pray that God's going to continue to bless you, and then the Bible makes a promise to you that if you set your heart on being an overseer, an elder, and in our house, that's a teaching, preaching person that's in the public ministry, life groups, and so forth, God can do that, amen? Let's just pray. Father, I thank you today for each one of them. Ish, will you come and pray? I think it'll be good. Lord, we thank you, and Ish is going to thank you even more.
2: Lord, we thank you right now, Lord. Father, you are an awesome God. You are holy and true, Lord God. Father God, we place before you Joselito, Lord God, and Michelle, Lord God. You love them so much, Father God. Father God, they've been tested and they've been approved among men, Father God. I pray that you continue to use them, Lord God. I pray that Joselito would be a Philip, Lord God. Father God, that he would do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. I pray Michelle, Lord God, would be a humble servant as she has been for the last year or so, Lord God. Father God, multiply them, Lord God. We need more Litos. We need more Michelles to serve the body of Christ, Father God. Father God, multiply them in Jesus' name. And I pray you bless them, Lord God. Let them lack no good thing, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: amen. Now, would you stand and face the front, and would you all stand up? The elders, would you move out of the way, please? Now, would you all stand up and give them a great God bless you? Amen. And Andrew, uh, stay up here. Stay up here. Right here. And now, Andrew, would you put on some party music, please? And I want everybody to come by and greet you and congratulate you. But you guys can step on the floor. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. I want you guys to come from your seats. And congratulate them. Thank you. All right. Let's bless the Lord one more time. Come on, let's bless him. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to do this for the slide, my brother. Let's start at the Metro Praise one. Thank you. See, there's a deacon right there doing his work for the Lord. I want to welcome you guys to our second service. Glad you're here at 11 o'clock. This Wednesday, we're doing a miracle service, so I want you guys to come out for healings, okay? Believe God for that. I see a lot of young people here. Bring your family. For a miracle, say, "Hey, you know, Mom, Dad, let's get some prayer in our life. Come on out; it's gonna be a special word. And then, if you have any, uh, you know, children, bring them out for Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, for Jesus. And then, do I got anybody for Elevate? Hey, Amen. Come on, man. I heard you guys did a good job. I heard you guys did awesome. Stephanie, you want to talk about it for a minute? You want to? You want to testify? You got a little bit? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Put you on the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Let's give it up for Stephanie right here one more time. Here she is. Tell us what happened. I know you guys worked hard. Um,
3: Yeah, it turned out to be a good hit. There's so many youth that showed up, and there's rededications and uh, salvations being brought forth. So I just praise God for that.
1: There it is. That was worth it. Wasn't it worth it to hear that? There it is. A lot of youth showed up. People got saved. People gave their heart back to God. That's awesome, man. And uh, we want to do Bring a Friend Sunday, October 30th. Can I get some noise for this right here? Come on. So if you look around, all of this right here, all lonely chairs. Come on, everybody just go, oh. Come on, look around, look around. This second service, man, we can, we can do better than this. And I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it. second service. We're going to invite our friends. Now, if you want to be really cool, you can invite your friends next week. Okay, I mean, that's if you're really cool. I don't know if I got any really cool people, though. Oh, you're really cool? Okay, so next here I am. Okay, so next week, you see how it's better when you get them all together? They're not hiding all out there. Amen. Come on. It seems like a lot of people switched to the first service, but listen, this second service, we're going to hold on to this, and the way you do it is you by bringing your friends. So we prepared a special thing. This is the day before Halloween, so that means we're going to have candy for everybody, just a great time because god gets sweeter and sweeter every day amen so we want you to get something sweet and then for your guests who you bring we're going to give a special treat a special gift it's going to be a surprise i promise you you will not be disappointed and then that day we're going to have a presentation of the gospel so that your friends can hear about jesus your friends your family This would be the day to invite your coworkers. This would be the day to show up because the gospel message is going to be so clear. So I want you guys to be there. And this is our vision. We've been doing it for six years, going on seven. Everybody say love God and say love people. Thank you. And so that's what we're doing, guys. We want to teach you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say connect. Amen. Amen. And the way we want to connect you is to life groups. There are 10 going on during the week. Does anybody go to life groups right now? Come on, see, y'all got to make some noise. And when you're in that life group, now you can start this process right here. And remember, we're not talking about, well, I'm not ready to be a leader. Are you ready to serve and be like Jesus? Are you ready to serve and be like Jesus? Yes, you are. So join a life group. Get in the 101 and graduate and then come into the 201. Come on, somebody. Say, mentor me. Yeah, yeah, we're going to mentor you. We're going to teach you how to live like Jesus. It may take a year, but it will be the greatest growing season of your life. I mean, talk to the ones who graduated, you know. Talk to them. Talk to Michelle. Talk to Jose Lito. Talk to those that are up here and the the process that God has brought them through. Church is more than just showing up on Sunday. It's about growing. And the thing that we love about it is that young people, same thing. You all show up. You're going to go through the same class. And that's why we've seen people like Ellie and Lilani grow up and become youth leaders. So I see i got some young adults here. You see, you become a leader as a youth or a young adult, and you can do it. These guys right here, you can do it. But you've got to be faithful. Come on, somebody say faithful. faithful. Amen. Amen. And then you see send. Everybody go, send. Thank you. And when you're sent out, you can change the world. Why is it we have a youth group? Because somebody connected to the cross was mentored, and now Adam can be sent out with the youth team. Why is it we can reach people on Saturdays? Because people have connected to the cross, been mentored, and now they're sent out. What ministry is waiting for you? What ministry is waiting for you? Think of it that way. Right now we're reaching Wicker Park Tuesdays at 7. What ministry is like that but waiting for you? Because the teams that we raise up here can be sent out all over the world. Think about the high schools that we're reaching. What if we had more people to go out and reach those high schools? What about the children that we're reaching? Parents, come on. What if we had more moms and dads to help us? The difference that we can make. We have a goal, 100,000 disciples with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. If you believe we can do it, say, let's do it. Amen. Amen. And so I want to encourage you with what we're talking about today. Despite what it looks like here right now, we have for the first month in like six months paid our bills and came out in the black. Can somebody say amen? And I believe that it's because people dedicated to what we're talking about. And that's why I want everyone here to get one of these in their hand. Berto, can we make sure everybody has one? This is how we pay bills in this church. This last month brought in 19,000 three hundred and sixty seven dollars and twenty five cents in general fund building fund one thousand five hundred and ninety dollars and forty five cents and missions eight hundred and ninety dollars and eighty one cents for a total of twenty one thousand dollars eight hundred and forty eight and fifty one cents can everybody say amen thank you and why is that because people have given faithfully faithfully. And let's remember to give these out the first of every month. Okay, ushers? Thank you. If we do not have givers, we cannot support this ministry. We're not here to build crowds. We're here to build disciples. And by building disciples, we need each person to help out. Because this was our expenses. Our expenses was $19,278.45. And let me just say this. If we wouldn't have met budget this month, we would have started cutting out the transportation. That was the goal. And then if transportation gets cut, we'll begin to sell the vehicles. You see, we were going to start having to make tough decisions. But thankfully, people came together and made it happen. And people like you is what keeps it happening. So this month, we need to keep doing what we did last month and do even more. Because I know some are still not doing the best they can. So those who are doing the best they can, keep going. And those who are not doing the best they can need to start. Can I hear an amen? Amen. meant didn't have to spend anything in the building fund because we're saving that to pay off debt. And then we spent $870 towards missions, which is $20,148.45. And so what it looks like is those black pluses means we're in the plus now, not in the negative. So in the general budget, we are $88.80 in the plus. Come on, say amen. That's not a whole lot to have in the bank, but that's good. That's better than nothing. Building fund, $1,590.45, and that means now we can put that into savings and start pull up, paying off debt. We have about $13,000 in debt that we need to pay off, and then we have uh, a month that we want to have saved in case anything goes wrong. So our month budget is about $20,000, and then to pay off our debt, about 13000 we need a total of about $33,000. How many know debt is not a good thing? You want to pay that off. And that's why we need that building fund there. And then missions, $20.81. So a total in the black, $1,706. Let's bless the Lord. Amen. I'm just glad that it's in the black this month. And that's a big thank you to each one of you that are helping and doing your best. And so I want to encourage everybody to do their best. Here's what I believe the best is. It's on a card right in front of you. Let's look at it. Metro Praise faith pledge 2011 we are blessed to be a blessing metro praise is solely supported by your sacrificial tithes and offerings there's nothing up our sleeve no bake sales no daycare those things are fine but none of that is here it's only tithes and offerings please help support this great church by being a faithful tither and one of the 50 committed giving partners can everybody say giving partner thank you what that means is 25 dollars to missions and and fifty dollars to building fund every month. Now, what does that mean? My wife and I are tithers. We tithe to the church. After we have tithe to the church, after what I make out teaching in Bible college, my wife personally gives fifty extra dollars. I give fifty extra dollars to the building fund. That's a hundred together for our family, husband and wife. And then she gives twenty-five dollars to missions, and then I give twenty-five dollars to mission extra. That's one hundred and fifty dollars extra. For a couple, $75 extra per individual. What does that enable us to do? Exactly what I'm sharing with you now. By each one of us giving our ties, we can have the general fund met here. The vehicles can keep going out. The youth program, did you guys eat some pizza Friday? Was it free or did you have to pay for it? See, look at that, free pizza, free movie night, free, you know, the uh, free movie night last Wednesday, free games for the children. We're going to do a special one for Halloween, uh, the, the Wednesday before Halloween, October, we're going to start putting that up there on a Wednesday family night, all of that free, right? So that's tithes and offerings. So everybody here become a tither. That's commanded by God. Now, why do we give our tithes? Three reasons. Number one, it breaks the heart of greed. Jesus said you can't love money and God at the same time. And so every time you get a paycheck, the first thing in your mind should be, I owe this tithe to God. What does that do? It puts to death that spirit of greed. It crushes that spirit of poverty that says, I cannot, no, I better not hold it back from God. It's the better thing. Some people say, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe, baby. Let me tell you something, okay? Amen. (laughs) So we give to break that spirit of greed. The second reason is, it's to store treasures in heaven. How many know you're going to be in heaven a lot longer up there than you were down here? And the Bible says to do that. And every person, by the way, let me, let me just share this with you. Every person up here on this stage, you can come to their house. You can go to Isha's house way out there. And where do you live, brother? Volo, Illinois by Fox Lake. You know he's blessed. Amen. You can go to his house. You can go to Ricky's house. You can go to our young people's apartment, Andrew's house, uh, the apartment these guys have, my house. And you know what you'll see? everybody's blessed. So some people say, well, Joe, storing treasures in heaven is going to make me broke, busted, and disgusted here on this earth. That's a devil's lie. The devil's lying to you, and he's given you a spirit of poverty, and you need to send that spirit of poverty back to hell where it came from. Every person that I know and have known 16 years, faithful to give to the Lord first what it says, storing treasures in heaven. He said, Matthew 6:33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things you need, they'll be added unto you. Every person I know that lives by that. Every person in our 201 that lives by that tithing principle. So we break the spirit of greed. We give because we want to store treasures in heaven. And then the third reason is, is we want to change the world. Your 10% every single month gives you the boast before God and your friends, whoever you want to tell that you're changing the world. You can say, a church I go to just reached about 60 youth this uh, Friday, gave away everything for free. People came to the Lord. That Saturday, they went out to the inner city Ohio Park, loved on those kids, did it all for free. The church that I go to has two vans for transportation. Anybody ever needs it, they can come. Free computer lab with Internet. The church that I go to, they help out people supporting churches around the world that's the church I go to that's the church I support we're changing the world and the things that we can't do we've partnered with people we sow seed into Teen Challenge drug rehab, those that can't find a place to live because they're on drugs and alcohol we sow into Teen Challenge We're going to be sowing into the abortion, uh, anti-abortion clinic, going out to Karis Dinner. And the will be announcing that next week, sharing with you about how we're all going to get a table there at about 2,000-person banquet dinner. Metro Praise is going to sow seed into anti-abortion. You know why? Because Metro Praise is a blessed church. All that comes from the general fund right there. Now, when you say, I'm going to give my tithes, I'm going to give offering above my tithe. Amen. And what that means is, according to this, we're asking you to give $50 towards the building fund. And you might say, Pastor, that's a little much for me. Would you pray for it? Would you start with what you can do, and then would you pray for it? You see, you have prayed for a promotion. You prayed for a new car. Would you pray, God, to bless you, to be a blessing? God, this time, I know I've asked 100 times for a raise for me to get a new car. But, God, I'm actually coming for something different. Would you bless me so I could bless my church? Oh, I think God might answer that prayer a little quicker than the other ones. Just a little bit quicker. Just a little bit. You might you might actually get really excited and start wanting to become more of a giver once you start seeing how God starts using you. When you start praying for, when you stop praying for me, myself, and I, and us for and no more, your little family. When you stop doing that, you'll start to see how quick God will start blessing you. And then missions, $25. You know, when we give about eight, dollars $900, $1,000 a month towards missions, you know what that does? That gives us the money we need for Internet, computer, for a couple facilities. But you know what? That extra 250 that we're missing because we need about 1250 a month, you know what we're missing? Materials. Right now, out of our 200 churches, none of them have the next production of our materials because we haven't been able to print them off and get them to them. Because since we went to the mission trip, we exhausted all of our mission fund. And now we're just doing month to month, keeping the Internet on, keeping the building going, but they have zero of our materials. And that's what we promised them. We promised them you'll have a computer, you'll have the Internet, you'll have a place to meet, and then we'll give you the supplies. And we're missing the supplies right now. So you can see, when we all tithe, This is done correct. When we give exit to that building fund, we're going to knock off that debt for the camera and for the credit cards and the computers the things that we have here. And then you know what? We're going to give that money to missions so that we don't just help pay their bills. We're going to give them those supplies that they need. Now this is what God asked us to do, and those that have already committed to doing it have enabled us, and I just want to put that number back up here one more time, have enabled us to bring in this. So for all of you who are doing your best, making it happen, to God be the glory, thank you for showing up so God could show off, amen? Thank you. And for those that are struggling with it, start today start today. Give online, metropraise.org. Give at the end of service in the back and partner with this church. Because I guarantee you one thing, more chairs are going to get filled. More services are going to happen. More rides are going to happen. More churches. And the Bible says as it goes with his kingdom is as it will go with you. He actually said, if you build your house and don't build his house, a curse will come upon your house. That's how I knew when it was time to get this They'll tell you. I knew it was time for us to get a new building when I had a new house as a pastor. I said, oh, look, God's blessing me now. God's blessing this house. And I saw a lot of people in the church getting blessed. And I said, guys, this is a sign to us that we need to get a new church. Because if we're all getting blessed personally, God is taking care of us personally. We need to always have the house of God be put first. Amen? That's just a principle that I live by. Amen? I hope you do too. Would you stand to your feet with me? Amen? We're going to receive the tithe and offering today. I don't need to go over it again. I think you understand it clearly. We thank you for those that made it happen. You can rejoice with us today. The stress is gone. My one concern is that you don't say, well, now everything that's done, let's just move on and do our thing. No, let's keep giving, and let's pray that God blesses us to be a blessing. Amen. Father, I thank you today that, Lord, you've paid the bills. After six months, this is the first month, September, that we had debt-free. And we moved forward. I pray that you continue to bless your people. Thank you for the obedient hearts and the givers and those that give sacrificially. Lord, I don't think for anybody at this time that it's without a sacrifice. I think we're all sacrificing to do it. But, Lord, you said that our sacrifice has become a pleasing aroma to you. And that when we sow generously, we reap generously. Lord, I just pray you bless us bless the people working god with jobs and promotions with customers with inventive ideas with success and all that they put their hand to bless our young people in school and education to be aligned into this new job market and lord we pray for our government that they'll have wisdom on how to spend their money just as we've seen here we've come out of debt with right wisdom and spending i pray our government does the same thing lord god bless america And, Lord, be with our missionaries that on top of all the stresses that we face in everyday life, they face plus persecution. Be with the pastor in Iran right now that's facing the death penalty from changing his faith to Christianity, uh, from Islam to Christianity. Be with our brother in Pakistan who's suffering right now surveillance, and he's not able to go public with his faith because they have him under a watchful eye. And our churches in India, Nigeria, and Nepal, God, may they live for you with boldness and spread your word. We thank you for bringing us here today. You said if we give, it will be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You're not a man that you would lie, so we hold you to your word. Do it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Will you come rejoicing and celebrating as you give? Thank you so much. You make it possible. Amen. Amen. Will you open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 14? I'm going to take these next few moments to talk to you about the subject, Get a Life, a Prayer Life. So I want everybody to say this with me. Say, Get a Life, a Prayer Life. Thank you. I was considering what to talk about today today you know, as we were celebrating, you know, these deacons coming to the Lord to serve in the church. Basically, like the way I look at them coming to the Lord to serve is like the way knights would come before a king and say, here I am to serve, you know. I wanted to encourage them on this day as well as everyone here on something that I think is the most important thing you can do in your Christian life, and that is pray. Now, last week I said, what is the most important thing you can do in your church life And that's go to what? Come on, go to what? A life group. And why do we value that even more than going to church? Because church, you can hide. You know, you'll just hear the speech from the microphone. But a life group, you get intimate. You have friendship. Now, that has to do with how you go to church and what you think about on the outside. I think a life group is the best thing to do. But now here we go to the inside. If you were to ask me, Joe, what is the best thing I can do in my life? Let's get a prayer life. Now let me just share this with you here in a few moments because, you know, I love to preach. I love to teach. I have a lot of points I could give you. I'm going to try to give you some. But I really just felt today to share this with you in such a way that I think you would understand maybe more than you ever have before, okay? Prayer. I want you to imagine with me if Jesus was to walk into this room right now. Just like he did 2,000 years ago in the flesh, Jesus is walking and he comes into this room. It's not a joke. It's not somebody like Jesus. Jesus himself. Think about what you would do at that moment. Most of us at that moment would run to Jesus and crowd around him. At that moment, some of us would lose our politeness. Some women would have to take the stuff out their hair and just go for it. You know, not try to be cute. Guys might have to throw off their their hat, lose it in the crowd. Young people might have to start shouting. Jesus walks in. What are you going to do? Most of us would crowd him. And at that moment of crowding him, you're starting to push in the crowd. And you would start to have a tenacity on the inside of you. If I could just talk to him right now. If I could just talk to Jesus right now. If I could just say one thing to Jesus. And you would do everything you could. You might push somebody out the way and say, you don't need him as bad as I do. You might tell somebody else, excuse me, get out of my way. My family needs him. My sister is sick. My child is dying. I need to get to Jesus. You wouldn't care who stepped on your toes, who bumped into you, who smelt bad. If Jesus walked into this room, literally all of us would crowd around him. And when you think of the life of Jesus, isn't that what it was? Everywhere Jesus went was what? Crowds of people. And what were they doing? Trying to talk to Jesus. And at the moment, Jesus would give you his attention. Let's say there's a thousand people around Jesus because... They've been following him from wherever he came from. So chances are he's walking into here with a crowd that's already been with him from the bus stop, from his house when he got up in the morning. And so you're doing everything you can. You press through the crowd. You've gotten his attention. What are you going to say now? Are you going to go through a religious prayer? Are you going to now try to, like, make yourself sound all put together? Or are you just going to say exactly what's on your heart? The easiest, the simplest, the fastest, the most passionate passionate way you can. Jesus, my sister needs you. She's dying right now. My mom has cancer. Come with me right now, Jesus. Jesus, I'm broke. I'm about ready to lose my house. Would you bless me? You would take out all of the nonsense. You would take out all of the try to be boisterous with big words. and prayer. You would take it all out and you would get right to the point with them. And then at that moment, you would wait to hear what the master would say. Just think about it. Walks in the room, crowds of people, you're fighting through the crowd, and finally you get before him, and now just in seconds you're saying everything that's important to you, and now you stop talking. What do you do? Is he is he gonna to come to your house? Is, you're listening. Is he gonna tell you, yes, I'll be at your house, I'll come lay my hands on your mother. Yes, I'll come to your house, I'm gonna bless you. Or does he say, go wash in the pool and you'll be healed? Or does he say just go your way and it's already done? You would be listening on just like a like a like a pin hitting the floor, like like silence. I mean, silence is not even the word. Your spirit, you would stop breathing. Your heart would stop beating. You would just be listening. Jesus, what are you your points that I give you? If you do not understand that is what prayer is, you don't understand prayer. Prayer is you coming before Jesus in your time of need and letting him know what is on your heart. And some of you might say to yourself, but pastor, I would like to have Jesus here like the disciples had Jesus here. I would like that scenario better. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You know how long it took for people to get to Jesus? You know how many people didn't get to Jesus? You hear about the woman with the issue of blood, but what about all the others? You hear about the man by the pool of Bethesda that was told to jump in. What about the others at the pool? Out of all those that Jesus could heal on the earth, did he heal?